All right, my man, Tommy Danger. Woo! My first question is, do you prefer Tommy Danger or Tommy Danger Kim these days? Tommy Danger is going to be my go-to personality moniker because uh, but Kim is for like, I mean, legally, that's my last name. Thomas Kim, Tommy Kim, that's for work stuff, my, my daytime job and all that. But for like comedy, podcasting, writing, blogging, all that digital fun personality stuff, Tommy Danger. Yeah, I don't think we've ever actually talked about that particular split. But actually, if you left the Kim out, you would have your safely your two personas. You would have Tommy Danger and you would yeah, have Thomas it, it Danger. Took me a while. It took me a while to get there. It took me, I think, a solid couple of years I th- to really like because it's one of those things where you decide it and you have to kind of stick to it right like you kind of have to allow that decision to marinate and it comes back to you and they're like okay and it like uh, it uh, affirms itself so it's like yeah this is a good decision and it's it, it kind of works so i'm just like you know it's it's also i my ego kind of goes on off its own and uh, when when I think about being called up onto the stage to perform or comedy, whatever, you know, it just sounds better if the the whoever doing the in- introducing the host, the MC, Tommy Danger, <clears throat> it's it's much better than Tommy Danger Kim. Yeah, you know, it's just that that Kim is kind of literally a drag. It's so, kind of a boner killer. Yeah, so people get yeah exactly people get uh, pumped at when when whoever's saying it says Danger. Okay, cool. So today I'm talking with Tommy Danger. Fuck this Tom, Thomas Kim guy, right? Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> so I want to start out. I have a couple of questions I want to start out with. Um, I, one thing I want to say is uh, it's funny because you were, you were enthused to, to be on my podcast so that I'm sort of interviewing you for a change and, and you're as if you're tired of interviewing all the guests on your podcast, right? And... I likened it to, it's like, okay, I get to be the guy now. You get to be the chick kind of thing. Like I, I, I <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, it's my show. I'm driving here. I'm like running the show. 100%. And, and you get to follow along. You get to chill though. You get to relax. Yeah. And it's up to me to sort of drive. 100%. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how does it feel being a chick, man? <laughs> no. I I like this I like this pussy gig. <laughs> I just have to get dolled up and get ready, and kind of see where <laughs> things go. You know, it's just because when I used to be a man, uh, yeah, it's just like uh, sometimes uh, I there are some guests that I would because I I I think I've interviewed maybe two dozen people now. Um, and you know, and, and some of them, one of them has been you. And so I might be talking shit to you directly to your face right now, but, uh, no, really like some of them, it's just like, like I'm genuinely having fun and this is very organic. This is very effortless. And some of them, I'm just like, God damn it. This guy is like not really giving it to me, you know, yeah. like, it's just like, I, I'm, I'm scratching a blackboard for more questions to get this to light a fire under this guy or girl's ass, you know, to really have something fun here because I, I know for myself I'm not having fun. 
you right. know so right. i need to have fun so that my audience can have fun you know yeah exactly like okay two questions one not to incriminate anyone in it specifically but what would you say is the ratio of when you're having a good time interviewing a guest versus not so much i think four out of five times four out of five times you're having a good I, you're having I, a good time yeah yeah because i get i get people whether they're they're well first of all they're either comics or not comics they're either right performers funny people who are already there or trying to get there and so you know it's it's fun to talk about that kind of stuff the non-comics are my friends but it's like even even before i decided to do comedy you know that my own personality and the people that i gel well with are just like kind of the people who are thinking for themselves thinking a little differently doing things differently you know so uh they're not they're not exactly the kind of guy that what prototypically Thomas Kim would hang out with. <laughs> Definitely kind of people that Tommy Danger would hang out with. Right. You said four out of five. It's usually good. Um, I'm assuming m- most of the times with comedians, it's good, right? No, no. There are times. I'm, and it's not anyone specific, but I guess it's just like I get myself in that situation myself too. Is like when when I whether it's a comic or not. And I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to, like, uh, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely curious too. But I also like just being silly. And yes, you do. I guess it's more pronounced when I'm when I'm having comics on, and we're just breaking down comedy. We're just breaking down the the open mic and the whole our experiences, just doing starting comedy and all that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which is great yeah. and all. So it's less. But I know it's less I about doing. To, it's less I about doing. I want to do comedy with you. Yeah, I want to make more material with you right now, right here. I want to, I want us to comedically fuck right now, and just have comedic babies right now. You know, just make joke. So that hasn't happened too many times, surprisingly. Um, sometimes they like, and it's like I'm not telling them anything. You know, I don't give them notes. I don't give them pointers. I don't. I'm just like, let's see it happens. I just want to see if it happens naturally. If I have a comic on, would he? catch the drift catch my hints so to say and uh sometimes they do sometimes they don't so so there's not a whole lot of pre-game like discussion beforehand about no like agenda or expectations or i don't really like i don't really like it and i don't really enjoy doing like uh pre-game or you want to go keep keep it spontaneous yeah it's just two people talking yeah. Basically, two friends talking, really. Yeah. You know, even if it's someone that I don't know, and it's the first time hanging out with them one on one, or may I may have known of that person, or it's just literally I've had people on from introductions. A couple of them have were comics, a couple of them were just entrepreneurs, and it's great. Um, this one guy, he's uh, shout out to him. His name is Summit Summit Bose. He's a, a cool name, cool dude. He's He's got a chapstick company, chapstick product. It's called for uh, uh, oh fuck, I'm I'm blanking out his name, uh, but I'll circle back to that. But uh, but yeah, he uh, we talked for like three, four hours almost, and it was just a good time because, you know, he caught my drift. He, he we we're just having fun talking about life and entrepreneurship and just yeah, not like being so full of ourselves because. Some people, whether it's business, whether it's lifestyle, whether it's uh, comedy, 
yeah, comedy can be really boring too because if you're just breaking it down um, just because it's fun, it, it, no, like I don't really enjoy that, you know? There, there are some people that I watch on interviews um, and I'm studying them because like one, one person I really like to watch is Will Ferrell on interviews. Will Ferrell does not like talking about himself or what are you talking about when or, he's the, or, when he's the guest in an interview no he he loves he genuinely loves being a character right he genuinely loves yeah diving into some kind of character i haven't seen will he ferrell hates in a being long, himself yeah i haven't seen will ferrell in a long time in in anything really in terms of interviews but um i do remember like whenever i used to see him in an interview he was literally somebody different every time yeah, so there's some like uh, some show I forget the name of it, but uh, like it's like a roundtable discussion, and it's a bunch of comics, comedic actors, sitcom actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Ferrell's one of I them. I think I've seen one of those. He's yeah. quiet. He's he's probably the one of the biggest people there, but he's quiet because he's just a character dude. Same, um, not I guess Robin Williams is one of them too. Like uh just that guy is just uh he's just hard to especially early on in his life he he's he has a hard time staying still but he's just like going into character after character which is hilarious which is what they do and right i kind of want to be like that it's like uh don't get me wrong i love talking like this and just you know breaking things down going into it doing a deep dive going into down the rabbit hole and all but sometimes i just want to be silly and i just want to I just want to have people around me who can be silly with me, you know. Not whether whether there's a a microphone in front of us or not, whether there's an audience in front of us or not. Yeah. Um one thing I was going to say in observing um or reflecting on your podcast as I've listened to it for a while. There there's such a split between your solo episodes and like uh when you have guests on. And I remember at first, when you first started, I was listening to every episode you put out. And then I got busy with other things. And then I guess you kept, you kept going and my frequency got less and less. But I would, I would kind of chime in every once in a while, like here and there to listen. Um, but to be honest, like I found myself way more interested in your solo episodes than your interview with guest episodes. And... Not, I mean, there were a couple of interviews that I really liked, actually. You had that one friend who was in Japan who was the entrepreneurial guy. Um, it was a while ago, so I don't remember his name. but um, Adam. Adam Adavinu. Maybe. And I yeah. really enjoyed that one. I felt like I learned a little bit about Japanese and Korean culture and things how, how things are over there. And as somebody who's interested in going to Japan at least before COVID crisis and all this, but I was interested in going to Japan. I was like, I kind of gleaned a lot out of that one. Um, he seemed like the kind of guy I'd want to meet and like network with. But other than that, and like maybe one or two other ones, like I just really enjoy your solo episodes more. And when you talk about being silly, I feel like you're way sillier when you're just doing your own thing. <laughs> and I wanted to, you would agree, right? I mean, it, with an interview, you have ah, to I can kinda, see that. You have to kind of measure that. I can see the that because person. a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, even with comics, it's just the uh, first time uh, talking face to face. Like 
some of these comics, I may have said hello to them at a couple of open mics. That's about it. And so, so a lot of times it's like, you know, no matter, even, even though we're, we're all trying to figure out a way to make small dick jokes in front of strangers, when we meet, we're still like people, <laughs> you know, it's still like, oh, we're going to sit down and just talk for like an, uh, at least uh, an hour and a half and just bear our souls to each other. So yeah, it could be a little awkward and could be a little, uh, uh, a little different but it, if it's just me and i'm just like there's no it it's going volume setting 11 right away you know like uh right that's just how it is there's just no warming up there's no like okay how's your day where you're coming from if it's just me i'm gonna do it from anywhere between 25 to 60 minutes and i'm just gonna be going off you know like um and that's that's how I feel like I that's what it's, it's just like not even planned it's just how it became you know um it's it's um basically allowing myself to be as silly and free and dumb and corny I like it's it's almost like if I'm not like as I'm done with the episode and doing the post-production, uploading it and all that good stuff, I'm just, if I'm not like kicking myself, like what the hell is wrong with me kind of like energy, then it's like, oh, I didn't try hard enough, you know? Yeah. On the one hand, I'm thinking it's easier for you to do a solo episode in the same way that it's funny, like as we're talking about all this, doing a podcast with other people in an interview format, who's the interviewee, who's the interviewer, and also whether you do a solo episode or a interview episode in general in my head this whole time i keep making these parallels to dating life right so it's kind of like single life and especially in this time of quarantine like being by yourself right versus being with somebody else right and i see the parallels there and the whole time i'm wondering like which which is easier and or which is better and obviously these are like impossible questions to to answer it's like how do you define better you know, easier is kind of something that I think it's easier for you to define personally, like what you struggle with more or what comes to you more naturally. But even that, maybe the thing that you struggle with more might be quote unquote better because it's more of a challenge to you, you know? So, and maybe that's something that you can refine more and get better at. And that might actually be more satisfying in the end. Do you find, this is kind of a two-part question, because there's actually one thing I've been kind of wondering yeah. about you. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and ask you that question now because it was kind of a question I wanted to open up with because this is the introversion yeah. podcast. You've always struck yeah. you've always struck me as being kind of an ambivert. Like I can't really figure you out very easily to say, oh, you're an introvert or you're an extrovert. So if I were to ask you, how would you define yourself? Or have you ever also have you ever taken the Myers Briggs test? You know, it's funny. I think I think just literally on Saturday I was bored. And took the Myers Briggs test, and I think it came out. Uh, I'm I'm usually a ENFJ, but I think the E is kind of a weak E. Yeah. Okay. Because like I do need to go out and have, and it's like, whether it's podcasting and have someone on, like someone I've never met before, and we just talk for like three hours straight. Um. Whether or whether it's uh going to K Town, one of my go-to spots, and just having some beers, having some drinks and just 
gabbing it up with the staff and the usuals at the spots I go to. Um, like I, I could do that. Um, podcasting, that kind of sit down and get to know someone. I could do that once a day, every day, once a day, once, once a day, five, five times a week. Um, going out, having party and all that. I could do that once a week, maybe. And that's about it. After that, I just kind of need to do my own thing. Whether it's work, whether it's research, whether it's read, whether it's just doing chores. I just need, like, I can't stand, I, I, I literally, physically, I can't stand um, someone being in my face. Even though they might be my parents, they might be my nieces and nephews. Or, or when I was with my others, ex. Right. Yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't stand someone just being in my space. Just like, like there, just like no, 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 no. I can't do this. <clears throat> I'm, I'm. It's, it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I don't think it's really a better thing. It's just like now I'm kind of in my flow of my lifestyle right now, and this is gonna continue throughout my forties. We'll see. Maybe uh, you know, a few years from now, maybe I will have a partner in my life, and we'll may or may not be living together. But even then, like just like how I said it right now, like I'm not sure if I can even live with someone right now. Yeah, like I, I kind of need to do my own thing at my own speed, and I don't need to. I don't want to be, uh, and need to. I don't want to be held accountable. You know, if I feel like taking a three-hour nap in the middle of the day, right? I'm gonna do it. I'm already gonna kick myself in the ass anyways. I don't need someone to be in my face like you took a three-hour nap right. in the middle of the day. What's wrong with you? I don't need that. I don't need that. You know, <laughs> right? I'm already gonna be my own harsh critic. I don't need someone else to be like giving me a side eye. So, uh, so it, it, as far as uh, extrovert or introverted goes, I, it goes either way. You know, I could be extremely extroverted. I love, I love when strangers, like, just make observations. In like, like the other day, I was at the grocery store and we're just commenting on paper towels. Someone made a comment, and I was like, yeah, you know, like I love it when people make observations to me when I'm a stranger, and also on the completely on the side of intro, uh, uh, spectrum. I, I need I need to just stay home sometimes and just do my own thing for like a few days and not even you know not even like uh, zoom with someone you know it's just like oh there's way too much you know I need to pump the brakes here and just kind of like be, do my own thing yeah okay yeah that actually is right in line with what I thought of you because I the fact that you're like a weak e that makes sense to me because. Like I'm definitely, I'm definitely introverted. I mean, I have introversion.com for God's sake. Um, but you're, you seem more extroverted than me, but I see a lot of introverted tendencies in you. So I guess what you described, that makes sense. Yeah. Like one thing I've been wondering about is during this whole lockdown quarantine thing, whether, I mean, thinking about myself, but also people in general, like whether people are better off being together in a like relationship versus being single during this time. And I, I think it, obviously this is a highly individualistic thing. Um, but I don't know. It's really interesting that you introduce me in case whoever, <laughs> we talk about this every time we do a podcast episode together, but, um, for anybody who hasn't heard this yet, um, you're the one who introduced me to MGTOW about a little over a year ago. And Woo, Big Tao, yeah. <laughs> and 
it's really funny because it's almost like it was the best time ever for me to have discovered that. Yeah. Especially leading into quarantine, COVID crisis right now. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't have MGTOW principles, like if I didn't spend the last year absorbing these things, I think there'd be a big part of me that would be like yearning to be with somebody. Like, oh man, I wish I had a girlfriend right now. Mm. Oh, I wish I, mm. you know, just her and me against the world, right? Like we'd be like a team mm. and we'd take care of each other and we'd have a good time and laugh and enjoy this time. And that was like, <laughs> that was like the old me. The awakened me post MGTOW is really so sober about things that I could sit here and go down the list of everybody I've dated, you know, in the last 15, 20 years, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I picture a lot of them in my apartment here with me. And it's not a pretty picture, mm-hmm. you know, it, what I, what I see is I just visualize it. Right. And it's like, I kind of like what you were saying. It's like, I see a lot of nagging, you know, I see a lot of like, I, I can guarantee you this would happen where I would be in my, at my desk in my office, like working on something. Right. And you probably know how I am like, and kind of what you were describing for yourself as well. When I get in the zone and I'm working on something, I might sit there for six, seven hours straight, you know, I mean, get up for break breaks here and there, but like I, the deeper Mm -hmm. and deeper I go, the better it gets. And I, if there were any interruption to that, you know, if I had a girlfriend, it's like, why are you spending so much time on the computer? Like you're not even making money with that or it's not a client. You don't have to be there. Why don't you come over on the couch and let's hang out and watch uh, Harry Mm -hmm. Potter or something? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I know that would be the case because that was the case in the past, but like with very small doses. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about 24 seven lockdown with somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. that's pretty extreme. Mm -hmm. But what do you think about, I mean, obviously you're, we're both in the same boat, like two single guys during quarantine. Are you, I guess there's a couple different ways I can ask this question. One, one thing I was wondering about is how, if you still consider yourself MGTOW, and it, is that important to you at all, or do you see yourself mm-hmm. veering away from that? And also, how are you doing in terms of your heart and your mind during quarantine like, do you feel lonely or do you have these yearnings mm-hmm. where you do want, want, want to be with somebody more so than just cherishing your alone time and the productivity? Mm-hmm. Well, let's get, let's, let's, I just want to be clear about a few things. One, uh, I think, uh, like, uh, groups of thinking or certain subreddits like McTow, the red pill, uh, like, which, and then they have their adjacents adjacent groups like um men's right activists and all that let's just like put that out there and put that on the side i think it uh, for me it's um getting whatever there is getting the best out of it rollo tomasi and all that stuff um uh and i've i've put it in kind of like if you have a computer you have an operating system those are passive softwares running in the background now it's like i'm trying to get to a point where like today, for instance, you know, like I have certain things I want to do, you know, um, and uh, I was just kind of going through my thing, you know, and 
like it didn't even occur to me like uh like oh it'd be nice to have a girlfriend right now or be nice to even have be in quarantine with a girlfriend right now like that didn't even occur to me like this like not even i think even in this whole quarantine i didn't even think about that i'm just like okay how could i get out of this whole quarantine and be the fucking man you know like i am yeah i am and it, this is such a good opportunity for me just to have a time to just even if it's just going through my chores doing the dishes cooking and whatever it is let's fucking like one day like a couple of weeks ago i was like i'm gonna make the best fucking deli sandwich there is and i did i was and i was so fucking proud of myself um and it's these like little fun things that you just have to um f- invent for yourself so it's like even beyond there's like it's it's so it, it was so funny how you set that up for me because like like that that's so far from me now like it's like oh it'll be so nice to to be with someone and right. to be a team it, like that's so far from me that's so distant for me right now yeah. my parents whenever they would come over they would kind of poke at my side and like i'm just like and i'm just like oh my goodness it's just like that's just so and, and, and as and naturally my ego kicks in and i'm just like oh you peasants you, you you don't know what you're you normies you don't know what you're talking about you know you're so blue pill you're so like it's still in the uh the matrix <laughs> yeah i'm outside of it now you know right. um but it is because it's like uh and even how i how i framed it before like maybe i'm turning 40 in a couple of months so i'll be joining you in the 40s club soon yep and uh i was thinking at the earliest maybe when i'm 45 i'll, I'll have an actual girlfriend partner who i can and i'm not saying that i'm going to be living with her i'm not saying that we're going to get married definitely i'm not going to get married um but it's like i still it's not like i want to just like be a man slut no that that, that could, be, could be cool too but no it's like no i have a lot of things i want to do in the next five years i feel like the next five years for me particularly it's going to be fucking amazing because uh i'm just in terms of business and fun stuff and comedy podcasting all the things i want to get done you know um so i i'm I'm not gonna have that much time to literally be hand-holding someone (laughs) yeah and uh you know just uh you know the time and the drama and yeah it's a lot of work just to just to be with someone i i remember listening to the biography of elon musk that came out a couple years ago and I think it was from that book, or maybe it was from an article. But one of the thing, things that Elon Musk um, kind of threw out there was like, "What is the minimum amount of time you need to put into a partnership in a relationship? Is it ten hours? Can I just put ten hours into a relationship, and that's good? That's good enough? You know, is that, is that ten hours a week? That that's what he was saying. That's so romantic and, of him, uh, right? What's yeah, the bare but that's minimum? That's so Elon Musk because he's yeah, he's he's quantifying right. everything. He's it's like to him, it's just like a a spaceship engineering problem. Um, but, uh, but that's, that's kind of like, I, I, I'm not crazy about Elon Musk. I do enjoy seeing what he's doing and also how he lives and how, how he does his fun things too, his personal things too. But I love how just, uh, um, filterless he is, you know, it's like just, yeah. is it just 10 hours? Is 10 hours enough a week? You know? Right. Cause the man is like, uh, literally trying to change, change and save the world. So he definitely wants to. Um, figure things out in a in a very pragmatic way, but it was kind of fun and silly too to to hear to read that. Yeah, I think that's that's. A, I'm glad you brought up Elon Musk because it's like 
for him to say something like, like that out loud, I feel like you, you and I are both, and everything you just described, I feel pretty much the exact same way. Like I feel really kind of supercharged in a way about this whole lockdown because I've been so busy. Like I've launched a couple websites, you know, I've set some stores up. I'm actually starting to make some sales and like, you know, get some income coming in. And I just started this podcast, of course. I have an idea for another podcast I want to start. And it's like, I'm just, I'm always the kind of person where I'm brimming with ideas, but this lockdown has afforded me the opportunity to just blot out all, every possible distraction, right? And I don't say distract. I mean, when I say distraction, I mean life, really. You know, I mean friends, family, social, you know, networking, all these other things that are out there in the world. I just called it a distraction. But really, if you take all those things away, which is what has happened, um, it does afford us a particular opportunity, you know, if we embrace that opportunity, right? And I feel like you sound like you've embraced it, and I've definitely been embracing it. My friend Jose has been embracing it. We talk. Mm-hmm. We, get, we get amped up, you know, like talking about mm-hmm. our projects and what we're excited about. But, yeah, I just, I feel like you probably feel similarly to how I do about this in the sense of, like, in that Elon Musk kind of way. It's like, it's really hard for me to picture being back in a relationship. One, because I just... I don't really have that longing for it anymore. Like you, you described as well. Like it's just, it's in our rear view mirror, you know? And once you kind of eliminate that, you start looking at on what's on the table, right? Like what is life really going to be about? If it's not about marriage and kids, what's it going to be about? And then, you know, you, you know, <laughs> you're a fan of Gary Vee, right? I mean, um, I, I heard I, I heard your I, I heard your I'm, Kermit I'm, uh... I heard your Kermit the other day, your Kermit <laughs> Gary V. <Vee. laughs> um, my my impression of Kermit impersonating Gary V. Uh, Thank you. It, it warms my heart that you bring that up. Yeah. Um, but one <laughs> one thing he said a while ago that, that stuck out to me, and, and and he's a guy where I I don't really listen to him that much anymore because I feel like I've heard it all. Um, but he, one thing that really stood out to me before he he made this point that. Okay, so I'm just going to touch on this really briefly, but us leaving religion, us leaving the church, I feel like I wasted so much time in Christianity, right? So I, one of the things I've had to deal with in coming out of religion is this feeling of I'm behind, right? And I always felt in my mid-30s and now in 40s, I felt this sense of, oh, I got to catch up. I got to make up for lost time. I, gotta, I wasted my 20s and you know, so much of my life in the church that I feel... There's so much more that I want to do, but now I'm, you know, 15, 20 years less, right? But one thing that, that Gary Vee said that stood out to me was like, no, you actually have plenty of time. You, you don't have to get everything done in terms of your goals and your aspirations in like one year or two years or even five or 10 years, you know? And when I started thinking about people like Samuel Jackson and like all these these actors and performers and people who made it big after they were in their forties and fifties, you know? And I was like, yeah, you know, I think what's really important right now is having a, a, having clarity, you know, having a plan, uh, being in touch with your desires and kind of crafting and planning your lifestyle, right. To be achieving the things you want to achieve and doing what you want to do with your time on this planet. Right. 
And I feel like you and I are both, because we've put so much behind us, right? We're able to focus on what we want to do with the time that's left. And assuming neither of us dies of COVID in the next five months, which I think is a pretty safe assumption, there's plenty of time, right? For us to do what we want to do. Even if we've blown like 15, 20 years believing in a false religion or whatever, right? Uh, A couple of things. Excellent, excellent observations. This is very juicy. I'm a little bit more leaning towards uh, to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. No. All of God's children said, "Praise the Lord." Um, I'm a little bit leaning <laughs> no. towards. If it's if it wasn't one thing, it was another because, uh, like, uh, I think everyone is a fanatic of something, whether you go to an organized institutional religious place of worship or not. Um, you know, people who are like so-called atheists or agnostic and they're just chill they just do their thing they still have very very strong convictions and they will fight to the death for them if you find out what it is um so i don't think that my time i think um i actually lean just a little bit more towards being grateful for the time in my 20s and being so active in the church and and um sunday school pastoring and all that because it gave me uh, um, sense of belonging, uh, something to do, and something productive, and I I draw on those experiences a lot. Uh, looking back, um, because if it weren't for that, I would definitely got into some kind of trouble, you know, with drinking and K Town, and and just who knows, you know. So it, in some ways, yeah, I could definitely see that as like, man, you know. It, it was it was because of church and the whole Christian vibe and expectations that Christians have to other Christians that I didn't pursue comedy or something kind of out of the normal out of the out of the ordinary but in other ways it's like eh, it is what it is can't really change it can't really get angry about it yeah and 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 also like for me it's like it's it's a delicate balance it's a delicate dance between being focused and being calm and being uh, strategic about ex- executing your goals and your vision, but it's also like fuck, you know. Uh, there's not that much time left, you know. <laughs> gotta life is gotta get life is gotta, short. Gotta, gotta gotta get on this. Can't can't be that lazy. Like even even while I was just thinking about preparing for this podcast with you, I was like, okay, I usually like to have something to drink, a beverage. I was like, should I have a beer? Should I have some? Should I make myself a cocktail? I'm like, no, it's only going to be 7, 7.30 when we start. And there are some things I want to do afterwards. So I'm just going to drink coffee. I don't want to drink. I don't want to get buzzed. It'd be fun. But <laughs> I, I'm going to save drinking for some other day, maybe this weekend, maybe next weekend. You know, so I'm just kind of like little by little trying to be a little bit more intentional. Yeah. Um, it's interesting about, you mentioned about how I do things. It's interesting you mentioned that because I was actually considering having a drink like as we did the podcast tonight. And the, the thing that's interesting about that is I haven't had a drink. I've been keeping tabs in, in my uh, habits app. I think it's been a, nice. 110 days since I had my last drink. Nice. So, but I was like... And this isn't something that you've planned out. This is, you're not a, you're not a, like a recovering alcoholic. No, 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 not at all. I mean, this is something that... <laughs> it's, it, you just started doing and just it just turned out this way right? yeah it, I mean it's like a 
it's funny when uh, you look at all the factors in life that lead you towards certain behaviors or habits, right? Like, so for me, it was like, huh. it started with, I'm getting a little bit older. It's getting a little harder to keep the pudge off the gut. And I thought, huh. well, alcohol is a bunch of sugar. It's a bunch of calories. It's not good for you. So I'm like, all right, uh, if I lay off the alcohol, that'll help with the belly fat, right? So it kind of started there. And then it was like discovering MGTOW last year and... I haven't been on a date, not one single date since, you know, since you know who. Um, and it's kind of like if you're not dating, if you're not going on dates, drinking is like, you know what I mean? It's like, especially if you're not going to networking events, like if you're just hanging out by yourself, especially during quarantine. Um, and even before quarantine, my life was basically... Uh, I go to Quizzo on Tuesday nights, which is, you know, bar trivia. Um, that's the only time I'm really tempted to drink. And other than that, I just go to the gym every day and I'm just busy working on stuff, you know? So it's kind of this healthy, kind of stoic monk lifestyle. So alcohol doesn't really fit into that. It's like, fine, I could have a drink anytime, but it's like, why? Why bother? Um, but it was interesting because they... Tonight was the first time it crossed my mind to have a drink um, just because I thought it would be kind of fun to talk and like get a little buzzed and re-experience that. Um, but, you know, it's like it doesn't really matter either way, you know, like if I had a drink or didn't have a drink. It's, like, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun that we've arrived at the same just a little thing. It's just a little thing, but we've kind of more or less arrived at the same conclusion as we're getting ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just, I don't know, man. There's like, I didn't put this on my list of things to talk about. I wish I did because I had a thought specifically about you and me. Like, I wanted to phrase it in a certain way, but um, now I'm going to butcher it. But maybe it'll come to me later how I specifically wanted to phrase it. But something along the lines of, like, you and I were so into something as our identity, right, and our belief system for so long, right? And then we came out of that, right? So now we think and we act kind of a completely different way. Even though you're still very much you, I'm still very much me at our, at our core, we were, you know, devout Christians, and now we're, you know, whatever the hell we are now. Uh -huh. But I think with that, to have... I don't think everybody is capable of having that kind of radical shift in philosophy and beliefs, right? And identity. Because I, I think what, what ends up happening is most people, they get kind of set in their ways and they just kind of ride that out for the rest of their life, you know? But if you're, if you're not going to do that, if you're going to basically disown yourself and everything you stood for for so long... That takes a certain spirit, takes a certain kind of person. And I, like, I'm that kind of person. You're that kind of person. Um, also, I mean, literally also the fact that we both changed our names. Like, how crazy is that? I mean, not everybody does that either. But we just did it, like, independently of each other. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, so, having said all that, what do you think about, fitting in um in the world today is that something that you strive 
for? Is that something you desire? Is that something you see as feasible? Do you feel like it's an impossible task? Do you know what I mean? Hmm. In terms of your friend circle, in terms of especially you and I being content creators, you know, being podcasters, putting ourselves out there. Because this is something that I'm really struggling with as I'm kicking introversion off again after all these years. And mm-hmm. in a way where I didn't struggle with this at all in my early, in the, in the 2000s, when I did introversion, I used to post a daily entry every day. Mm-hmm. And I was just completely fully myself. I was a Christian guy struggling with life, single life and longing for romance and all that stuff. So, but I didn't, I didn't get hate. Mm-hmm. I could express any view that I had and I never got quote unquote canceled or I was never at risk of being canceled. Right. So fast forwarding now to 2020, I feel like, I don't know, you know, like, I feel like I have to watch out what I say, because if you say one wrong thing, it's like, you're out, you know, you're done. Right. You know, all about JK Rowling, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like with what happened to her and I mean, obviously she's a big time for her to be canceled. I'm not big time or whatever. So like, you know, but I do want this to expand and grow. Right. And I find it, this is, I don't want to say this is like my primary struggle these days, but it's definitely at the forefront of my thoughts where I'm like trying to find my place and my voice in the world. Right. And I'm curious if you struggle with this because, and and before I hand it back over to you, I want to, I want to throw this metaphor out that I just thought of earlier tonight. So it's kind of like your whole life, you being running away from the vampires, right? And you're running, you're running, you're trying to get away. You get away from the vampires, you're safe from the vampires, at least for the time being, right? And then you're, you're going along in the, the woods, the forest, you think you're, you're all right. And then you come across the werewolves, right? So then the werewolves are like, oh shit, they're gonna kill me and eat me and all this shit too, right? So then you start running away kind of back toward where you came from, which is where the vampires were, right? And in the moment, you turn away from the werewolves thinking, oh, they're the immediate danger. I got to run away in this other direction, right? And as you're running away in that other direction, you realize, oh shit, I'm running toward the vampires, right? So I use that as a metaphor because that's kind of how I feel these days, is that like this whole Christian right conservative thing, that's not me. But at the same time, I'm not a leftist, you know, woke dude. Because you can't even say dude, because that's like a toxic masculinity or whatever. So, you know what I mean? It's like, so I find myself running away from the vampires and the werewolves, so to speak. And I don't know where that leaves me, right? Because I don't belong, uh, I'm going to get murdered by the vampires or murdered by the werewolves. I don't really belong in either, you know what I mean? Does any of that make sense to you? Or do you feel that? Like, do you feel similarly? I'm, 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 I'm listening, and I'm also like, just the, uh, you know, there's like, if if I was a cartoon right now, there's like fumes coming out of my head because I'm thinking really hard. <laughs> um, I think, I think it like to 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 see it as vampires and werewolves, and you're just trying to escape one, but then you end up just going towards the other, and if you feel trapped, yeah. Um, you feel like bounded. Um, you feel like you don't have any options or 
you're in a place with very few options and not not many of them seem good i think it's you you gotta like add another dimension to it i think as far as like politics go and and the left and the right and liberals and conservative i feel like i i, I try to think of myself as like uh sometimes i describe myself as apolitical or uh some an, an observed uh an, 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 an informed apolitical person um it, but it's like i'll read an article or two but that's about it and i'll have a take on things but it's like i it's so easy it's so alluring to 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 be leaning one way or the other you know and um it's so easy to think that you know they're out there to get you but it's like kind of goes back to where we used to be when we used to go to church and we used to practice that kind of faith and that kind of belief where it's like i think it's and it comes down to that there are some things within ourselves naturally without all people actually naturally there we just want to do the minimum just to get by but i think we have to really break out of that and go beyond that put that extra effort extremely which is extremely difficult put that extreme self-responsibility and uh and go beyond that uh i think that uh and when it comes to fitting in wait, 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 i don't really real, think too when much you about said fitting when in. you said doing the minimum what did you mean by that um whether whether you see it as just having a job, trying to be happy with your job, whether it's just having a significant other, maybe start a family. So like a status just, quo, just, like a status quo life. Just status quo, just like you know, going along with, you know, the the blind leading the blind kind of thing, you know, and 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 you can you can even see yourself as an independent person who has their own business and whatever and their content creator, their influencer, their writer, their an actor, whatever it is, but there'll be probably a lot of things about you that you're just doing things for the heck for the sake of them without even thinking too much thought into it, you know. Um my I always come back to uh Oscar Wilde and he has a lot of great one liners and one of one of the things I love to say is everything popular is wrong. You were just talking about fitting in and like going on dates and having a drink with a date and networking events and all these things i'm just like i was as i was listening to you i was just like yeah i don't want to do any of those things anymore <laughs> i never want to go to a networking party anymore any, uh, ever again i never want to be on a on a I, I i think i'm done with dates with alcohol i think i'm the only if i'm gonna go on a date with someone I, i'm just gonna be a daytime like once this whole quarantine thing is over a daytime weekend walk with a cup of coffee you know that's it that's that's and it's it's a it, it's a one time it's it's going to be like maybe an hour, you know, just have coffee and that's it. That's I'm going to go back to that. I I I used to do that for a little bit. Um but that's I'm not going to have drinks, I'm not going to have dinner, I'm not going to have meals with the people. So basically you just be you'd or, be spending time with a new person, getting to know each other and not basically spending any money. You just yeah, just yeah. yeah. And also also, not not being carried by the fun of being drunk yeah. with someone you just met right. to like create sexual tension. Oh yeah, you know totally. So, uh, so yeah, as as fun as it is, and as and also for me, it's just like I would love to go to parties or K Town on a Friday Saturday night. Um, but I think uh, I'm kind of done with that too. Um, there was uh, 
as as cheesy as it sounds as but I'm I'm gonna quote Will Smith, <laughs> the great and powerful Will Smith. But uh he got serious with this career uh, when he realized like he needs to stop partying. It's like I need to stop partying. I need to focus on my career because I I want to be big. I was like fuck man, like I and it, it stayed with me. I'm just like yeah I think I'm there. I think this uh, whole quarantine thing is a good thing for me to realize that I'm kind of done with partying. You know, it'd be kind of cool to hang out with friends, a couple of friends, and just hang out and have a few drinks. That's about it. You know, it's like I'm not gonna go because I used to go to K Town by myself on a Thursday Friday night and just go to my spots and just have drinks with people and just get sloshed. But uh, but yeah, I think I need uh, I want to be at a place where I can like let that go. It's like that's not me anymore. You know, going on. Uh, a nice boozy first date, you know, with a girl in a nice little skirt or whatever, and just like hit up the town, hit up West Village, hitting up other bars. Like I think I'm done with that too, you know. Yeah. Um, fitting in. It, it's not about fitting in, as opposed to like me being a leader, me being an alpha, me being just just really uh, practicing and exercising my voice, my my podcasting, comedy, whatever, blogging, writing. Business, all these things. Your talk talk. Um, <laughs> my talk talk. My talk talk. I think thing. that might be my um, favorite thing from your podcast. Is whenever you say talk talk. You know, you know where I got that from is uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but it's uh, it's uh, um, I was a big fan of Tim Ferriss's podcast when he first started that, and um, I don't think he gets enough credit because he is definitely one of the first people, first big people to make a podcast, make up. Po- uh, thing as a podcast a big thing okay and uh he would have his uh i forget uh kevin rose kevin rose is his friend kevin rose is a silicon valley um entrepreneur i think he i forget the company he made but anyways they're friends and kevin rose would tell joke with tim ferris saying like you should call your podcast tim tim talk talk (laughs) 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 and uh, that stayed with me because that was fucking hilarious okay all right. Tim Tim talk talk. You should, um but uh but yeah, it's still um, funnier when you say it. That Yeah. I I love I love this talk talk thing cuz uh I I want like I could totally if I can make a decent living, if I can make a good living just with having a podcast, just with having a show um and I could let go of comedy, I could let go of doing business. I mean, those could be on the side, but I could definitely make make podcasting my main thing and some people some hardcore comics were like oh you don't love comedy enough then some, eh, some business people are like oh you're not a true entrepreneur now it's like, like all oh, that it's, we we we're we're all um like stewards of opportunities if there's an opportunity yeah you roll with it you know if you're happy like, if you're happy doing to, something we, go for it and you know if it's if we're, fruitful. Yeah, we we go where the opportunity is and how it m- m- meshes with where we are, you know. But uh, I I feel like a lot of things, like there's a lot of things that is just kind of old school, and it's like as cool as it is, eh, it's kind of whatever. It's like I'm already like the the ego and the daydreaming part of me is always like, what if I do become a comic, and I go on the road and all that. And I listen to, you know, I don't listen to a lot. I try to abstain myself because I don't want to, like, kind of, like... Absorb other, other people's material. Un- yeah, yeah, unconsciously take up people's styles and jokes. Right. But I do listen to comics and um, while they're being just talking honestly on podcasts. 
and majority of them complain about traveling that that they they have to leave their home their families their, dude their, traveling you know, their is going to totally their... suck now post covid yeah yeah it's, can you imagine I mean, inter- can especially you imagine international their... travel like i mean all my all my hopes and dreams of going to japan that has been put on hold indefinitely because yeah it was just what yeah. a nightmare right now i just if anything i'm leaning more toward what you had mentioned a while ago too is just like eventually having a little plot of land out in the middle of nowhere and you're just doing your own thing, you know, just kind of a little bit off, yeah. off grid and you're just content and enjoy. But that's, that's the thing. It's, it, it, it's we're I think we're at a great point in our lives where now we're going to start creating something that people can follow and they should be the ones fitting into us, not the other way around. Um, uh, the podcast I'm creating is is just <laughs> it, it's called the experiment for that purpose. It's an experiment, and it's gonna be, uh, you know, like maybe I could create a whole podcast network. I can, you know, help be a co-host or have a co-host and create another podcast. Um, one of the people that I love following is the, this comic called Andrew Schultz, and he has a great podcast called the Flagrant Two. Well, he has a co-host and they have a studio. Wait, is this they the guy who does... I just saw... He has a YouTube channel, right? And he does like offensive shit. Yeah, that's probably I him. Think, yeah, I saw a couple uh, of videos of his the other day. I was like, oh my God, I love this guy. That guy's amazing. And, and not just his material, but it's just how he's doing things. And it's just like, just doing it right within the times, you know? Yeah. Like uh, when the whole virus and quarantine thing happened... Like he got stacks and stacks, stacks of Corona beer just in their cases, <laughs> in the, the boxes. That was his backdrop. Um, That's awesome. He's just a funny dude. Just a funny, funny right. dude having so much fun. And yeah. that's kind of like the inspiration for me. Um, um, kind of like I feel like uh, Joe Rogan is kind of done for because now he just signed a huge licensing deal with Spotify. Yeah, I heard about like, that. Okay, now That's he's been, weird. He's too mainstream now. He was kind of hitting it big, but now he's too mainstream. Now he signed a deal, kind of lost some respect for him now. Dude, even before but, that, uh, even before that, I didn't. I don't think I told you this, but I unsubscribed from his podcast about three weeks ago. Um, and it was kind of for a couple of reasons, but one was like, he, okay, first of all, it just, no matter what video I watched, and I'm subscribed to maybe like a hundred channels plus. If I'm watching a, a WordPress tutorial or like a Photoshop thing or like a comedy thing or whatever, next video in autoplay, oh, Joe Rogan episode from three years ago. Oh, Joe Rogan. I'm like, and I would click like, no, no, not interested in that one. No. And then they kept showing up. Like it was always the next suggested video was a Joe Rogan video. And then I went to the lengths of, all right, I, I, I got to unsubscribe from this guy. I need to teach the algorithm. I don't want to watch Joe Rogan clips. Like, I don't, I don't dislike him or the show, but like, I don't want every video I watch to be a Joe Rogan video. So I unsubscribed, right? And uh, so here I am watching some other videos. And within a, a day or two, guess what the next suggested video is? Joe Rogan. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? So 
I don't know. I was, I was just, That's kind of strange. Yeah, I was just really annoyed. But that whole kind of thing just makes me, you know, I'm kind of a skeptical, paranoid person in general. And I'm like, what? why is Joe Rogan getting pushed on me so hard? You know? And then I, I was, toward the end, when I was still listening to him, there were some things he was saying that I was kind of like not a big fan of. And he was basically doing this thing that bothers me where he's shaming anybody who does not embrace the correct narrative, you know, that spoon fed to us from WHO and Fauci and CNN and all that. Um, you know, he basically talking about anybody who, who doesn't wear a mask and doesn't lock down at home is basically the equivalent of like a tinfoil hat, you know, conspiracy theorist and all this kind of stuff. And he was just kind of like subtly throwing in those jabs and mocking in that way. And I'm like, uh, dude, you know, I don't know about I don't know about this. It just seemed like he 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 started to feel a little bit like a corporate shill, you know, for for big pharma, and um, it's funny how that happened. And I unsubscribed, and I and I did all that like three four weeks ago, and then I just mm -hmm. heard about this a couple days ago, mm -hmm. about this Spotify exclusive deal, and my first thought mm -hmm. was like, man, they must be paying him a shit ton. Um, but. Because otherwise, I was like, "Why would he? Why would he do that?" And people could listen to him all over on every platform. He's already, he's already got it made, you know. Like everybody listens to him on every platform. Why would he need to go exclusively to one? You know, I don't know. So that was kind of weird, but it was kind of weird for me to hear that after my experience that I just had a couple of weeks ago with all that. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're there too because it's like. Any anything that whether you read, listen, whatever content media, you know you consume, garbage in, garbage out. You know affects you. You know. Yeah. And um, like uh, I feel like Rogan has gotten to a point where it's it's just like a band that's just gotten too good. You know, when you discovered a band early on, it's like yo, this is shit. But now it's like they're just too much. You know, they're doing Pepsi commercials now. <laughs> You know, right. then it's just like, oh fuck these guys. You know, they're too, they're just too mainstream. You know, right. it's that 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 old old classic joke of like, I used to follow them when they were blah blah blah. You know, something like that. Yeah. But uh, that's where Rogan is, and it's uh, uh, is it unfortunate? I don't know. Is it natural? Yeah, it's kind of nature. He's talented. He's hardworking. He's entertaining. He's just controversial enough. So, uh, um, kudos to him. Respect to him. Get that bag. But uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm gonna be actively not be avoiding him from here on. That was a lot of double and triple negatives in that statement. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm confused. Wait, so you are going to avoid him now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, like you, I unsubscribed because uh, you know my podcast list uh, like uh, got uh, unsubscribed, unfollowed to his podcast. On all social media, I think I was following his Instagram. I'm not going to be following that. Um, it's kind of sad because I called myself my podcast, Tommy Danger Experiment. Sounds similar to Joe Rogan Experience because right. as an homage and respect out of his, his work. But uh, but yeah, it's just like, okay, he's kind of too big now. I kind of don't want to be such a fan of his when now he's too big and he's he himself it's like he's going going back on his word he himself would talk about how would 
how uh, he how independent he is and how he hates networks. Spotify is becoming a network now that they got him. You know, this is a big big first step for them to um, to become a network, just like Netflix is a network. You know, they are run by suits. They are run by accountants kind of like what i do in my daytime job they're just looking at the numbers and doing whatever it takes to to get those numbers to look good you know yeah so uh that i wouldn't be surprised if rogan gets pissed off at the relationship he has with spotify yeah we'll see we'll see i mean you and i will be watching from a distance to see how it all plays out but i'm curious how that what happens there yeah me too so one thing i wanted to uh bring up was because of, with you of all people, because uh, you're Tommy Danger, I wanted to talk about this, just the the term danger. Okay, so when you consider everything going on in the world these days, I, I feel like it's actually like a nice single word of of addressing the whole pandemic and how people are responding to it. You know what I'm saying? Is danger, right? So. There's this imminent danger, right? This threat of this virus is going to kill us all, right? And do you know who that guy is? He's, um, I think his last name's Rowe. Is his name Mike Rowe? He, he did that show a long time ago. Oh, Dirty, yeah, Dirty, Dirty Jobs. Jobs. Yeah, that guy. So cool I recently heard him in an interview on Dave Rubin. And Dave Rubin's a guy who I love. Do you know who Dave Rubin is? Oh, I love, I love Rubin. Yeah, Rubin Report. Yeah, like I, I kind of... I've listened to a little bit of Steven Crowder and I've listened to a little bit of Jordan Peterson, not a little bit, more than a little bit. I listened to a lot of Steven Crowder, a lot of uh, Jordan Peterson. I've listened to a lot of, um, who's the, uh, the Jewish guy, intellectual, um, fast, Ben Ben Shapiro. Shapiro. Yeah. Ben Shapiro. Uh, I listened to a lot of those guys, but I feel like, and obviously there's, you're not going to meet somebody who you agree with on everything a hundred percent of the time. This is not going to happen. But I feel like Dave Rubin is probably the guy who I see most eye to eye with on just about everything. And I think it's because the way he thinks, and it's not about the issue, you know? It's not about, oh, are you pro-life or pro-choice? It's not about, are you this or that? It's more about how he approaches things and how he thinks about things. That's why I like him so much. Um, that's why I respect him so much. But anyway, the comment, I'm, I'm not bringing that up about him. But So he had this guy, Mike Rowe, on, and he was talking about risk. And one thing he said was talking about how risk is highly personal. And I thought that was a really good point to make. And the problem is with how mm. we're addressing this whole thing now is all these people are taking the personal out of it, right? Like if I want to go risk my life, that's my choice to go risk my life, right? If I want to go skydive, or if I want to wear a motorcycle, or if I want to wear a helmet or not, right? These are all personal choices that people make, right? And we live in a so-called free society where people are free to risk their own lives and do whatever the hell they want. You know, obviously, with that whole jackass show several years ago, people made just idiotic decisions and glorified making idiotic decisions. But look, look, if you're into that sort of thing, like I'm not, but... There's people who are into doing that kind of thing, and there's people into watching that kind of thing. Fine. Knock yourselves out, literally. But the problem, as I see it with this whole pandemic thing, is that because one person is afraid, we all have to be afraid 
and, and act in accordance with the person who is the most afraid. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And as I see it, this is not something that just started with COVID. This is something that's been building up uh, with the whole woke leftist agenda for the past year or two. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. It's like when words are considered a crime, when words are considered an attack, right? Like literally a crime, like you, you've violated me with words. You've, you've attacked me. You've, you know, it's like, wow, okay. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, the groundwork is being laid in that kind of way for the last couple of years, it's leading us up to this point where it's like, if you go outside in a field by yourself, and not wear a mask and you just jog around by yourself and fly a kite, people will come and shame you for that. Like, what the, what are you doing? You need to go back inside. You need to put a mask on, right? All of this stuff. It's like, look, if you want to wear a mask, if you want to stay locked up in your home for the rest of your life, you will not get a single protest from me. You are welcome to do that. It's your life. You can do as you please. If that is your threshold, the level of danger that you perceive out there in the world, right? That's fine for you. You do that. But I don't have that level of perceived danger out there in the world. You follow me? And I know a lot of people also don't. But this goes back to my point of like risk and danger levels. It's all perception. It's all personal. It's highly personal. And I, I think that's a big part of the problem, what's going on now. Like, I, I, I've kind of stopped following COVID news and all this stuff. Like, I just get little updates here and there. But I'm kind of over it. To me, it's like, are we still talking about this? You know? Um, <laughs> in, in the sense of the disease, you know? The things that I'm more interested in talking about are like, can we get on with our lives now? What can we do now? Can we do this? Can we do that? That's really what the, the debate is more about for me at this point you know, and what kind of legislations are being passed and how are our freedoms being impeded and all these kind of things. But in terms of the disease itself, I feel like we've been at this for a few months and there's enough data out there that shows, all right, it's highly contagious. It really kills old people and people with pre-existing conditions, right? The only newsworthy thing that I find interesting now is for people who have tested positive, which is like 99% of the people, who have tested positive and not died, I want to know what's going on with them. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Good point. So like long-term effects, I've heard. There's not enough stories. There's not enough media on them. Yeah. So as I see it, aren't the numbers obvious at this point? If 99% of people who test positive are living, we know, okay, this disease is not going to kill us all. It's not going to wipe out the human race. That's like obvious. Anybody who would disagree with me on that, you're like you're literally you don't understand basic math of the number 99 and the number one, you know, out of a hundred, like it's, it's not even debatable. So it's not going to wipe out the human race. It's not going to kill us all. But what are the ramifications of people who do test positive? And I get it that that's early, you know, is this going to lead to other complications? Is, is this going to lead to other, you know, all these people who were, who have been asymptomatic are symptoms going to start showing up a year or two down the road, five years down the road, right? It's something for us to think about, but at the same time, it still goes back to the level of danger and risk, right? Because it's like, what about I like what about wearing Bluetooth headphones? What about using a cell phone all day? What about staring at a computer monitor all what day? What about 5G? 5G, <laughs> dude, any of these things. We don't know the long-term effects. It, We've 
that's the thing. We've I think social media has exponentially elevated um, fear and and fear of danger, fear of risk, fear of whatever it is. I think um, I think it just made us into such easily intimidated creatures. I think before social media, I mean we're already there. I mean I can uh, you and I can just think about the, all the things that the world was so afraid of. You know whether when cell phones first became a thing, when 1G, you know, <laughs> with like people are like, oh, don't use cell phones. It's going to cause brain tumors. And that was such a, a news media thing for like a couple of years. And then, you know, like... Uh, they thought Y2K would be the like, end of uh, us. Y2K was such a big thing. I remember when I was so a kid. so stupid now in retrospect. Uh, and yeah. Remember, like late '80s, early '90s, Japanese cars were becoming such a big thing. On and then there was the Jap, Jap, Japan's little brother, Korea, with Hyundai and things like that. And it's just like, oh, these Asian companies are gonna take over, and you know, we have to learn Japanese, we have to learn Korean, and that's. It was such an overblown thing, and um, we we're always like uh, afraid of the wrong thing, where the fear is way too big. Yep. And the fear is usually on the wrong thing. Yep. Um, I was just as and it, as much as we have a natural inclining inclination to understand what's going on with this world and understand the world that we're living in, why things are happening the way they are, but it's just like so frustrating too to be level-headed about things. I was just listening to podcasts or something where you know people who are on ventilators now they're in a much worse position as if they didn't have ventilators you know because it 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 you i think something about you relying on them and just being so i don't know what it is but yeah. the conclusion of it was that the cure was worse, yeah. worse than the disease right i've, um, I've heard about that so it, and it's i i i'd like to remind myself you know a lot of people it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a moral issue. And it's not about my ego or where I fit into this. Right. A lot of people are will react emotionally, will not take responsibility for themselves and their families. There are a lot of people who would rather be on unemployment than work a full-time job. Um, there are a lot of people who, it, it, you know, as much as we like to make caricatures and, and make parodies of these people who are like, you know, COVID is not over yet. Stay home. Mm -hmm. Social distancing and collect unemployment and order from Grubhub all day <laughs> long and just not just be a fat slob. We can make fun of these people, but it's like, what's that doing to me? You know, that's not good for me to to internally, even just internally make fun of them. Is that good for my soul? Is that good for my own growth? Right. No, it's not. Right. So it's like... None of this is good for anybody. I have to like... Yeah. Yeah. Just, just putting blame on things you know it doesn't and you know like i was i love talking to drivers whenever i'm in a car and i did you know take a lift a couple times during this quarantine um and uh you know we just chit chat just as strangers and uh one guy had like kind of a eyebrow raising moment when i was just like because he was just so frustrated at trump i'm just like <laughs> bro like you have to understand his thing like He's just a shit talker. You understand what that means? Right. He's a shit talker. Right. He just loves talking shit. Yeah. That's his whole thing, even before he became president. Yeah. So you can't let that get to you because he just loves talking yeah. shit. And when I broke it down to him like that, he's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, it's, I, 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 that's, it's a good way of putting it, but I've been thinking about like how to deal with people 
who ha- I might even write a whole essay on this on Medium about how yeah. to deal with people with Trump derangement syndrome, because this shit is just it's just off the off the hook, man. It's like how I guarantee you, if you have a room, like put ten people who. Ten people in a room who love Trump and ten people in a room who hate Trump, and give them like a, a group team problem solving exercise. The people on the right will win, like majority oh, of the times. The, Seven game series, the, they'll they'll win that series. The Trump lovers. The people will on the win. left who hate Trump, they just don't know how to take. Uh, uh, and, and, uh, well, because uh, because yeah, they'll be so overcome by have, emotions, they won't be able to think straight. I yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I don't have data in front of me on that. I don't have research in front of right. that. But just my observation is just. Uh, no, I think that's they're, probably they're, pretty spot on. I think that's probably yeah, what happened. They're, yeah. they're 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 quick trigger the Karens of the world. <laughs> quick trigger to complain. Please you know, tell me, did you watch? Did you watch? Did like. you watch Paul Joseph Watson's video on OK Karen? I think I did. I don't remember. I, just saw, I think they may. I just saw they may. Ahead. That may have been the one before or after the, his first video making fun of all the the whole coronavirus response, which was just so good. He was just showing all these nurses doing TikTok dances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. It was just so fun, dude. He's been killing it. Like the uh, he doesn't put out that guy kills. He's yeah. He he doesn't put out a video every day anymore. But when he puts out a video, I'm like, I try to kind of set myself up for like it's like a choice morsel to enjoy like for that little five ten minutes out of the day and and also you have to take you, you have to like cut yourself off in the sense of don't go beyond like take it for what it is paul joseph Watson, he uh he 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 makes fun commentary on on uh on what's going on in the world but you can't like put him on a pedestal same thing with people like ben shapiro or back in the day when Milo Yiannopoulos was a thing. I was like, whoa, what is this guy about? You know, you can't make, uh, like, a, you can't make these charlatans out of, into a Jesus. Not saying they're all charlatans, but right. there is a, some weird part of us wants to make certain people, when they're in the limelight, when they're in the spotlight, to, to, to become a savior. I think that's just yeah. in our nature as, as, a, as a social social creature yeah i mean just wrapping up this is this is something i thought about the other day um where i was thinking about just the whole construct of social media right and what what it is is people follow other people right just the use of that term they follow other people some somebody Mm. has a million followers they have five hundred thousand followers they have four million followers Oh, you only have 10 followers? Oh, you're nothing. Mm. Nobody cares what you think. Oh, this person, this celebrity mm. over here who hasn't tweeted once, they have 20 million followers? Like, but on so many levels here, it kind of alludes to this fact of like the, the kind of culture we've cultivated literally over the last 10, 15 years is one of people not necessarily thinking for themselves, but they look up to, like you and I, you said Jesus, right? So you and I know what that's like to have had Jesus in our lives, our whole lives, and then to leave that behind. But we know the the instinct, the, the impulse, you know? We know that impulse to want to trust and, and count on somebody who's bigger than us, better than us, smarter than us, wiser than us, 
I mean, literally, he was the our salvation, you know, Jesus. But um, I think people do that, like you were saying, like it, it is kind of innate in us already. And I feel like social media is something that's tapped into that and and blown it up to a just an epic proportion of of like, damn, you know, it's all about following other people, you know, and. and Think about the ego that that gives the people who have the million followers and also think about the detrimental effects to the people who are trying to make it, but they only have 400 followers and they can't grow it. You know, it's like I'm stuck, you know, but like the whole thing, whether you're the person following or you're a person looking to be followed, the whole system, it's all kind of fucked up when you think about it, the whole nature of the whole, you know. Not to sound like an old fogey, but I keep going back to the early 2000s where I was doing the introversion.com site and I loved it back then. There was no such thing as followers. There was no such thing as likes. You know, people just bookmarked your site and they would check it out if they wanted to see it and they would come back and that was it. You know, you could email a friend like, hey, check out the site. That's basically it. You know. Yeah, like my my thing when I look back in the early days of social media, it wasn't even social media, it was just blogs. My thing was Zynga. And Zynga, I don't even remember if it had followers. It definitely had a friends list. And um, and it also had communities. So I'd be part of like the Korean American or Asian American, whatever kind of thing. And uh, it was so much fun because... Um, I would just blog and write funny stuff, me just being myself and just, you know, that, that, and I still have like a handful of friends that I still keep in touch with that's, from that, you know, cool. and that was really the best part was that it was genuine online friendship where just meeting people, staying in touch with them, seeing what they're doing with their lives. And it went beyond Zanga, you know, and it was really cool um, to look look back on that. It wasn't about the numbers you had how many how many likes or followers you had it's that's a really good point i didn't even think of that that follow yeah. such a that's it's such a very it's absolutely what you're saying it's such an ego driven word where it's it, it goes both ways where if you're following someone you're putting your ego into that person you know into whatever that person yeah you're you're kind is, of submitting of to that person in some small way you know absolutely it's like absolutely yeah. you know and and that person has their ego invested in how many followers they have and what they're what they're doing, how many likes they get, you know, whatever it is. It's someone as uh, superficial as a you know influencer posting a bikini photo or uh, some good dude doing good things. In any case, you know, you're just kind of doing it for the follows. You're doing it for the Instagram, you know, and it's not really it's not really a healthy thing. It's not really the best of things yeah which actually leads us to uh you sent me this that article a couple weeks ago do you remember it which one was it, it was uh the one that basically talked about like you want to have a thousand true fans and that's all you really need oh yeah yeah so i read it and i, I didn't get around to emailing you back about it and then i was like oh we'll just talk about it on the podcast uh -huh. so i think it's kevin kelly oh i don't i don't remember who wrote it but um something kelly i forget his name okay um, so yeah, I read it and I was like, for those who don't know, and I'll, I'll just sum it up, feel free to add more into the summary, but the article is basically getting at 
this idea of you don't need to have millions of followers. You don't need to have tons of, you know, it's not about the numbers of followers you have and all that kind of stuff or even likes or anything like that. But it's really about if you want to basically make a living creating content, selling your product, whatever it is, you really just need a thousand true fans, right? Would you add anything, add anything more to that summary? Um, it sounds very doable. I think that's the best part of it. But you have to understand, having a thousand true fans means that you probably have at least ten thousand casual fans. Right. You know, at least ten to fifty thousand casual fans. Because that's just numbers. You look at any Instagram, any social media post that blows up. You look at how many views they had, and then how many likes, then how many comments. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So to have a thousand true fans. That seems very doable, which that's probably the best part of it, and you could probably make a living out of it. Um, I, one of the best, my favorite blogs that I used to follow was Zen Habits. Zen Habits was great in terms of like just kind of like putting a calm, minimalistic, minimalistic views and writings to to your life. Um, and I think that guy was doing that full time. Maybe 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 he had a job. I don't know. I, I like to think that he was doing it full time. But uh, he definitely had at least a thousand true fans, probably like more like a hundred thousand true fans. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that goes for people for like you and me, who are trying to be doing something creative, doing something artistic, um, or doing something independent, and that's really all you all you need is and and you're basically it's not even fans is not even the right word. It's almost like friendship because it's like I don't want fans. I want a thousand true friends. Yeah, because like. I I want to do something cool, but I also want to see other people doing cool things. Yeah, you know? it, it's something that because uh, I've I've been talking with my mom a lot lately, probably more than I should, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. probably like how you feel about seeing your parents so often these days. It's like it's it's good, mm-hmm. but you know. But anyway, um, I was telling my mom the other day what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. You know, whether it's the introversion podcast, whether it's, you know, Confusianity, whether it's Skiller Moves, whether it's, you know, Popkatsu, it's like, this is all stuff that's me and it's all stuff that I enjoy. And it's all various forms of me putting my true self out there in the world, right? So the way I've broken things down in terms of having a religion brand and a pop culture brand and like this introversion thing and all these different is I feel like. I'm only able to safely showcase part of myself to the audience that only likes that particular one thing, which is kind of what I talked about in the the first podcast episode. So, but the thing is, is like part of me is thinking this isn't really just about the money though, you know, like sure, that would be great to be making a, a living and not just making a living, but to really thrive, to make good money doing what you love to do. And there's certain ideas I have that I think may be more profitable than other ideas. And I'm starting to execute on some of those things. Like, I, I think I'm probably going to get more into the tutorial space where I, I start teaching, teaching design, teaching animation, video editing, all these kind of things. But I think what I was kind of trying to explain to my mom that I don't, I don't think she got, but, but it's like, look, life is short, you know, like I'm 43 now, you're, you're about to be 40. And, you know, we're quite likely more than halfway through our life who knows you know Mm -hmm. but whatever time we have left i don't think and i think you would agree with me on this i don't think it's just about like oh how much how much more money can we get because i i feel like for me who cares 
who cares if I die? Especially, we're not married now. We're probably not going to have kids. So it's a different scenario where, you know, if we're 75 and 80 years old and we have all this money saved up, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like I don't really have anybody to leave the money to. So why do I care to accrue more wealth or money? You know what I mean? Like time, you know how, how they say time is the most valuable resource because everybody has the same amount and there's no getting it back. And, you know, you know, so money is not the, the sort of defining factor. So really it comes down to time and what you want to do with the rest of your time. Right. And when I think about the things that really bring me joy that are unfortunately kind of rare these days, especially with the whole lockdown thing, it's like genuine human connection with people. Right. And, and going deep. And that, that's kind of why I really like the podcast format. You know, it's like we get to go deep. We get to really, this is the polar opposite of small talk. And when you talked about you're giving it up on going out to K-Town on Friday nights and, and, and the, the loud, big networking meet, meetups, a lot of that is just shooting the shit. It's just small talk. It's You're trying to break through this barrier, right? to get to the point where you can actually meet somebody new and connect on a deeper level and, you know, like a more meaningful level. So it's, whether it's somebody you hook up with romantically or start a relationship with or work together on something, right? You know, so, but the point is, what really gives you satisfaction? It's that going deeper with somebody, right? Or multiple people. And I, I, I think, uh, I'll, I'll let you finish your thought. Yeah, I was just going to finish up by saying, like, I think that's the thing with everything that I'm doing is, sure, I would love to have a thousand true fans, but, you know, it, it, that is tough. That doesn't mean you have 1,000 followers on your account. That probably means, like you said, you probably have fifteen or 20,000 followers on your account, but only a thousand of them are true fans. But even if I can get 20 people on this planet who really get me and I can feel free to speak my mind... And, and be my true self with those 20 people, that's something. That's something to me that makes life worth living when you're, you know, because otherwise I'm kind of like, look, I'm good at doing this introversion thing. I'm good at being an introvert by myself in isolation and quarantine. I'm way better at this than the average person. But at a certain point, I'm like, am I, is, that, is that it? Am I just a machine? Learning skills and cranking out work and making a little bit of money and paying some bills and, and I grow old and I die, is that it? Or, or is there something more that I want to enjoy in the remaining 20, 30 years, whatever I have left, right? And for me, I don't know, man. It's just all about how how can we best enjoy the moment, right? And how can we spend our time and energy doing things that we enjoy in the moment, but also kind of connect us with other people in a meaningful way? But when I say that, it's kind of inherent in that is, we're not going to connect with everybody that way. That just goes with the territory. Because if you're going to really put your true self out there in the world, there's a lot of people who are going to hate that. You know, you say one wrong thing and they hate you. You know, if you don't hate Trump enough, they hate you. Like that kind of thing. So anyway, I kind of went on there. But my point was... Oh, it's good. My, I'm taking it all in. <laughs> my point was basically what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it's not just for the money, but it's about... For me, it's about true creativity, and it's also about 
putting your true self out there in the world. And hopefully there's more than a handful of people out there who, who appreciate what you're doing and they get, they get you. And that feels good for, you know, you get them, they get you, they look forward to what you're going to create next or say next. And, and you, you look forward to their feedback and their comments and their thoughts. And it's like, it, it goes back and forth. It's a beautiful thing. Anyway. It is a beautiful thing. I think, uh, to take the baton from you, I think, uh, you know, like, uh, you have to see yourself as an audience, as your, you are your own audience of whatever you're doing, whether that's, um, doing art, doing comedy, whatever it is, doing business. Um, when I got into, uh, heavy, uh, weightlifting, powerlifting and all that, doing deadlifts and everything, deadlifts is probably the hardest thing. You know, I think a lot of people out there who, who do it, they, they understand how difficult a deadlift is because it literally takes like the most amount of muscles. And it's also the only compound exercise that you can move the most amount of weight. So as opposed to a squat or bench press. So I would always be scared of doing heavy deadlifts because it's like not just a physical thing. It's more like a spiritual thing. But I always remind myself like I want to impress myself. I want to show prove to myself that I can do this that's going to be a new record for myself and let's see if I can do it if I fail I fail um and that goes with everything I think uh, like you said it's like I it's one thing that you know I I have a day job it's okay pays, pays the bills I'm a freelancer and all but it's like I I, I do really want to be entrepreneurial because uh it's start new businesses or whatever it is part have partners and do something cool do something neat not necessarily for the money but also like as a as a I think the main word is experience it's an experience for myself as an experience for my customers or clients just have a good experience just have a memorable experience you know um not just to make money and be wealthy and all that that's good too that's important too have have just a little bit of fuck you money that's, that's <laughs> nice yeah I heard your bit the other day but, on uh, fuck you money yeah 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 it's uh you know it's just you know we're never we're, happens we're never gonna have fuck you money but it's okay. Just a little bit, you know, just just something, you know, just something every, every now and then. Not not to be like on the offensive to start shit, but on like defensive on if someone is, uh, you know, like uh, I have actually very remotely had to tell my clients is like you gotta be open to ha having a lawsuit on your hands here. If you do need a a lawyer, I'll make some calls and find you the best one. So it, it happens. Shit happens. Life happens, you know? So uh, for me, it's just like uh, not really about being powerful with finances and wealth, but it's more about being independent. It's more about so I can do the things yeah, I yeah, want yeah. to do. You know? Having the freedom. Right. So I can make the choices. The, they say that uh, power is the, having the option to walk away. And that goes with everything. That goes with jobs, with relationships, with peoples and projects and all that. Um, it's always having the option to walk away. That's true power. Um, and it's also like uh, I, I going back to how I was talking about partying in K-Town. Yeah, kind of over it. But it's also like I don't want to go to K-Town bars. I want to own a K-Town bar. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like uh, right. I would rather be involved with like... There are some places well, just, both in New York and LA. You can just back and let it come to you, you know? You don't have to... It, it's it's like, it's kind of a different thing where I'm like, like I'm involved with 
creating and sustaining an environment that people just can have parties in, you know? And uh, every, every place, like, because I would talk to Cape Town regulars and I would just love hearing their experience about that place or that place or that staff, that bartender, whatever it is, or some drama, some juicy gossip, whatever it is, or just like curious about who these Cape Town restaurant, bar, karaoke place owners are and what they're like. Um, it's, it's completely fascinating to me. I would love to be one of them. But we'll see if that happens. We'll see if, that, if that's into my cards. Um, but yeah, I think really kind of really taking the baton from you and take it to another level, a d- different place maybe, is experience, is, is just the uh, moments. You know, you know if, we, if we put our ego down, we're, we're all just moments, you know. You know, we, you're, you're just a moment, I'm a moment. You know, we're, we're all just experiences, you know, in and of itself. We're not, we, we're, we're not so much, we're not all that, let me just say, you know. Um, yeah, in the grand scheme of things. something that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm being reminded of that because um, I don't really try to tell it explicitly to my dad because I don't want to break his spirit, but he still has his hope left out for me to, to get married and settle down and have kids. Yeah. But uh, my attitude is, at least internally, I don't think I'll ever really say it to him externally. Maybe if he does get me into space to corner me and I'll have to say it as kind of like my my own defense. But he is in his early 70s. And I tell him, look, how many good years do you think you have left? You could be lived to 100, but how many good years do you think you have left? Maybe till 80, maybe till 85? So of those good years you have left, how much of that time do you want to spend literally thinking and praying and wishing for me to settle down and have kids? If, if that's the only thing you want from this world during your good years, fine, fine. That's, that's okay with me because each time you bring it up, I'll just brush it aside, you know? Are, are um, you basically getting it? There's a, there's a more fruitful, joyful way he could choose to spend his years instead of that. Yeah, he could he could pick up new hobbies or pick up old hobbies, whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And I'll I'll be there to help him out and and uh you know, to 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 kind of, you know, be be there for him because it's almost like part of my journey, part of my experience, to part of my ob- obligation kind of sort of. But also have fun. I have fun hanging out with him a little bit. I'm a little I used to have so many problems with them, especially going through a divorce. Yeah. And uh, but it's like I'm I'm a little bit calmer now with him, but it's still there. It's still it's still a huge pet peeve of mine when he brings up marriage and divorce and kids and settling down and all that. Um. And it's all like done, like kind of like not so directly. He's just like I had a dream about you, and you told me that you're getting married. It's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? You know, <laughs> um, he he had that just, dream about you getting married. Yeah, yeah, he 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 said that to me the last time we met. Um, but uh, he's who he is. I am who I am, and it is. It's gonna be, you know, whatever it is. You know, like. Uh, but that's my attitude now. If that's how he wants to live, the rest of his good years, then that's how it's gonna be. You know, if. If, uh, but, uh, if he decides to be into other things or treat me differently, then that's cool too. Well, whatever it is, I, it's not up to me anyways. Right. I'm, I'm at peace 
with what where I'm at. I'm at peace with him, and and also it's a good uh, sober refresher for me to realize. So yeah, he's he's there, and I'm now entering my, the second half of my life. You know. Yeah. So I need to. It's not like I need to make a lot of money, but I do need to make some money. Right. I need to figure out. You know how to make sure I take care of my parents. Uh, in their golden years make sure taking care of, care of myself as well and where I'm gonna be cause you're my you're time. not gonna have kids to take care of you when you're old yeah I'll, I'll have I'll have uh, I'll have whores <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna, I knew you were gonna say that I was wondering if you were gonna you, say that you saw that coming a mile yeah, away I, 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 oh. I figured you were either gonna say that or robots but for some reason I was thinking robots in my head, but what's but I concubines. That's the yeah. word I was thinking of. Concubines. I'll have whores who live with me. Concubines. <laughs> well, you better make some fuck you money between now and then, then. Which I would. Yeah, exactly. Which I learned from the Bible. Thank you, God. <laughs> biblical view of King Solomon had a lot of concubines. Yeah, the biblical view of marriage never fails. Get some concubines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to open up the good, the I good was, book. Uh, yeah, exactly. The Old Testament. I was thinking about how, I think I was like just chat talking on one of my solo episodes. How it's a good time to start a cult right now. And oh yeah, I think dude, that's a just, great idea. <laughs> just uh, but everyone's just gonna become primal anyways, yeah. especially in crazy times like this. So start your own cult, have a compound like David Koresh, and uh, be the leader, and you and like four of your best buddies can like have a hundred concubines just like have a cult have a harem Uh and uh yeah the girls are just dude there's gonna be of course hierarchy within them oh yeah dude did you did you see that series on hulu that came out like last year uh i think it's called uh something escaping religions or something like that there was like hour-long documentary episodes that each featured a different Uh cult you know about that Uh uh-huh did, did you... I think I have a vague recognition, but I don't think. Yeah. I've been on and off with Hulu, so I don't okay. think it was Hulu. Well, uh, something similar. Well, wh- maybe it was it was David Koresh on Netflix. No, no, this was like a very specific documentary. Well, like the first episode, which was uh-huh. probably the one most people were talking about, it was a. Uh, I forget the name of the cult, but it was like that Roman numeral cult or something like that, and um, uh-huh. I I remember watching it and I was like, wow. It, it was kind of that whole thing about like gullible white women who want to feel spiritual and they're all into this yoga kind of thing, you know, like we all know it's not a Karen, but it's like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, and, but, and it's so funny. They're it's all like, so they're funny. all like corporate. I can't get over and, why, how it's like white women. Like, <laughs> Cause you know, like black women, Hispanic women, Asian women wouldn't fall for that. Right. Shit. They would not fall for right. that. Shit. But it's white women. <laughs> right. So this, this documentary of that really happened. This was like, I, 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 part of me was like crying out of part of me was laughing. Cause it was just like, it was, it was, it was such a cliche. It was so what you would expect. And I remember watching it and I texted my, my one friend, uh, who will remain unnamed because he he's he's all about privacy and he wouldn't want his name mentioned here. But I remember when I watched that documentary, I was like, I wanted him to watch it because he would he would crack up. And not only that, he's the kind of guy where he would get ideas in his head about actually starting a cult. Like when he sees how can. when he sees how easy it is. Do you remember that? Um, 
uh, back when I used to like uh, John Oliver, he had that one bit where they created a religion on his show. Yeah. 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 Shit like that. Oh my God. I think I can, I think you can. And I think there definitely are cults out there without even. Dude, I could turn, I could turn, con- I could turn confusianity into a cult. <laughs> it's, it's got, it's like Confucianism yeah. and, and confusianity merged. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Christianity yeah. merged together. I think <laughs> unconsciously I am trying to become a cult leader. Cause like I'm trying to be, you are. Like I have you do have the eccentric sphere of influence. You're, you're definitely eccentric yeah. enough. You're you're way more yeah, eccentric yeah, than yeah. I am. <laughs> with all your your shirtless, I'm the kind of with guy your shirtless who takes that photos, a compliment. <laughs> your shirtless posed photos, you, and you know what it Instagram. is. There's the voice. The voice when I do those things, and people like people hit me up. They're like, "Are you okay? What's what's this is this is put a shirt on or whatever." Right. Um, there's a voice inside of my head. It's just like you're not that weird. You you got ways to go though. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, the devil on my shoulder. It's like, yeah, you're 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 piddly shit. You're nothing. You know, Does, <laughs> you haven't done let shit. Me ask, you have let me ask you. Do you ever get annoyed? <laughs> do you ever get annoyed with um this feeling of like everybody you know is just so normal? Not everybody, but like. A large percentage of people you know, they're just so status quo. Like, you know what I mean? That does come to me every now and then. Um, But I am comforted in the the belief that there are still a lot of people out there that are like you and me who are wired differently. We have different motherboards, you know, and... We're, we have completely different operating systems yeah. and uh and it's just a matter of putting our our thoughts and ideas and content out there um to to connect with them wherever they are in this world and and just continue going at our own drumbeat you know um but i do get worried about because you know i whenever i put up a instagram story and I see the people who are looking at it. There, a lot of them are from, or even Facebook. You know, because there's that feature where it kind of automatically puts it to your Facebook day, whatever that is. And a lot of them are from my Christian days, from my church or my college small group. And I'm just like, okay, some of these people are like pastors and all, mm. pastors' wives, and like, I'm just like, huh, this is kind of interesting that they're. Like it's following him and seeing what I'm doing. It's like they're just but they're peeking, they also, they're peeking in. It's like this little like, like I don't sketchy think, yeah, reality show that they're their, like their, guilty pleasure. They're just like yeah. It's it's I, I'm thinking too much of it. I think it's just part of their own social media addiction or diet or appetite, whatever it is, their routine, and they're not thinking too much of it. It's just me being insecure about it, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, um, who really sees or follows me you know who maybe maybe they're going through their own deconversion experiencing experience like i did whatever it is um but uh but yeah um i just have to continue to be weird getting weirder but also you know i have to also focus on merit on on actual results desired results it's not enough I'm I'm a little bit stronger. It's not stronger. Stronger is a bad word. I'm a little bit more stubborn. Stubborn is better about like I have to 
it, it's one thing for me to have fun. It's another thing I have to see results, uh, that kind of thing. Like know? in terms of your audience like, um, metrics. Yeah, more more so than you. I'm not at peace that that uh you know like it whether it's the metrics, the results, the numbers. It has to be there. I'm a, I'm definitely still a numbers guy. So if I'm you know once this whole quarantine this thing kind of calms down and we can go back to normalcy or the new normalcy, whatever it's going to be, and actually hang out with people in real life, podcasting, comedy, these fun projects. Then, like you know, snapping my finger, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, it has to be there. Things have like things have to progress quantif quantifiably. You know, like um, whether it's like okay, I've been doing open mics, then now I'm gonna do like small shows, actual shows with like the audience are not actual other open micers or their other comics. They're actually people here who bought a beer to be a part of the show and to see what kind of jokes you have. You know, or I'm having a podcast and I'm interviewing this up and coming writer who has a book coming out. You know, they have something to promote. That's that's now getting more serious. You mm -hmm. know, like my download numbers are getting bigger. You know, mm -hmm. so like I, I I need to see that. Yeah, that I'm, I'm I'm big on that. You know, like it's no. I, I mean, like, I, I'm me, a numbers I'm guy too, man. Like I want to see the same thing for my my projects as yeah. well. Yeah. Like for me, for me, I don't believe in the in the status quo of like uh, the starving artist. Right. You know. And like good artists should avoid commercial success. Fuck that. Right. No. Good stuff. Like I, I love all the MCU movies. I love all the Marvel stuff they're doing. As put as as like some people a lot like uh you know, Martin Scorsese, you know, flicks his thumb at, at his nose at at uh, at at movies like that, you know, but still, like it's it's a fucking good, you know, platform, fucking good storytelling. Yeah. You know, and it's and there's a reason why those movies make a billion dollars. Yeah. You know? there's there's something there's a reason as much as we don't want to follow joe rogan anymore there's a reason why he's so successful you mm -hmm. know? so i i think it's matter for me to stay uh disciplined stay stay persistent and just keep keep going along and, and eventually it's uh it'll be there but i just have to stay focused have you have you seen have you felt kind of a, a growth in because it's kind of like two things right it's kind of like your personal growth and your skill at what you're doing you know with your craft with podcasting with humor with writing all these things you're into so there's kind of that personal aspect of it where you're like do you see or feel the progress within yourself in terms of your output right but the other half of the the other side of the coin is how are other people responding to it so how would you describe your progress let's say in the past year or two do you feel the momentum on both sides of the coin? I think so. I think um, I like to think that I'm talented enough, and this goes with everything, not just with comedy or podcasting. It's also, I think I think I see it. Sometimes I separate, uh, differentiate things, but I think for me it's all the same. Whether it's um, podcasting, comedy, business, it's all the same to mm -hmm. me. It's 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 really one big thing for me, and uh, in 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 actuality, it looks like. I'm doing some business meetings. I'm marketing something, something specific. Maybe it's my daytime job. Uh, maybe it's a, a startup that I'm being a part of, or they're actually actually starting up. Or maybe it's doing going on the road to somewhere like Philly, where you are, or Boston, DC, and trying out some small, you know, comedy clubs there. Like I'm like actually doing this, you know, or it's like uh, 
whatever it is to me it's all the same and uh like the the people who have been on my show on my podcast they definitely enjoy my energy and what i'm trying to do that's all that's all the validation i need um when a, when comics who've been doing they're they're just a little bit ahead of me in the sense that you know they're they're actually doing shows you know some of them are paid shows so they're they're like uh one or two three steps ahead of me then it's it's always nice for them to tell me you're a funny dude you you'll do well i'm just like yeah that's like the best thing you could tell me um and things like that you know um that's but but for me like i'm turning 40 now you know if i stay at this when I'm 50 years old, I'll be okay. You know, uh, that's that's how I think of it. Just 10 years to mastery, 10 years to sticking through. Um, you know, if I'm not expecting anything soon, I'm not expecting anything in the next couple of years or so. Just hope to, you know, tread water, stay stay afloat, and uh, be able to pay my bills, be able to pay off my credit cards. <laughs> that's really all I'm hoping for. I'm just really small stuff here. Just really focusing on the work, doing the work. Also having fun with it, not try to go too crazy about it, and uh, you know have uh, meaningful experiences, meaningful friendships along the way. Yeah, that sounds cool. Sounds like you're moving forward positively, and you're not hung up with like disappointments along the way, or like the, if the metrics aren't measuring up to what you would hope for, you're not letting that stop you or slow you down. You just kind of keep pressing forward. Yeah, disappointments and just like kind of like dark periods are just, you know, they're not special to me. You know, they're not, they're, it happens. But just have to like uh, roll with it, keep going with it, you know? Just, just yeah. Maybe, maybe um, use it to your advantage, you know? Right. One thing I, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to agree with you. I'm just like, no matter what, you have to keep moving forward. Like, like um, Ryan Holiday, oh, yeah. he has a book called The Obstacle is the Way. I probably brought it up to you before. But yeah, I, the, the lessons of that book, it's just the title itself is the best lesson. The, the Obstacle is the yeah. Way. Don't try to avoid obstacles or difficulties. Actually try to work right through them. Make make that obstacle the, the thing that you're... Like for me, if I'm going to talk about... Like I have a huge problem with... Um, routine and discipline and laziness and all that so it's like okay let's let's really focus on this and actually i'm gonna start i have like more of a self-improvement of self-betterment uh blog twitter and all that media platform just figuring it out and i'm gonna start writing about it too just really just talking openly about my weaknesses my failures my own disappointments and really just using that uh in my in my event to my advantage to to propel me to the to what i'm i'm trying to do yeah all right man well let's uh let's wrap this up i just want to ask uh a question in terms of how are you feeling about living in new york right now and and how do you see things going in the next couple months and the rest of this year both for yourself and also being in new york uh I don't want to create more unnecessary problems for myself. So opening up that can of worms is like, should I leave New York City and go somewhere else? Like, no, I don't. I don't like that idea for multiple reasons. Um, 
I, 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 I think the main thing is I have goals that I want to accomplish in this whole quarantine and New York City being like the epicenter in the US for this virus and all. It's like it doesn't change anything for me. If anything, like people leaving New York, people, people being scared of New York, that's, that's probably a plus for me. Um, probably, hopefully the rents will go down. But, yeah, uh, that's a possibility yeah, actually. For me, it's like, yeah, 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 totally. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I'm actually hoping that, um, my living situation is slightly up in the air in the sense that, um, there's a small but good chance that, uh, I might be able to rent this house that I'm living in, I'm sharing it with another guy and, uh, he's leaving. I'm, I'm his sublet. I rent from him, but he's leaving. So I'm trying to get in direct contact with the landlord and lease the place directly from him. So I can just find roommates and they'll be under me. That that just is like pretty much one step from owning a place in here in New York City. If you're just the only tenant on the lease, then that means like it's harder to be kicked out. And so if that happens, cool. Um, then I get to probably not going to get an office in the city. I used to have an office in the city. and um, Yeah, like co-working spaces. Start. That's all. That's weird now with after... I think I'm kind of done with co-working spaces for the, yeah, yeah, I I had either co-working, just a dedicated desk or small broom closet sized, uh, little, what quote unquote office suites, kind of done with, uh, commuting into the city for the time being, I think, um, even if this whole virus thing gets, um, uplifted and people can commute again, no, no, I think I'm done with that, I think I'm gonna convert my kitchen into an office and, um, just, it's just a, terrific setup of course it's i'm gonna miss you know kind of being in the office but uh, i didn't feel great about that anyways i kind of enjoy the the freedom i'm pretty sure that you can uh, empathize you're gonna you're gonna miss being in a 50 degree environment though (laughs) (laughs) just cold ass offices (laughs) yeah um but uh but yeah i I, it'd be a pretty sweet deal if i can figure this out get it worked out with the landlord here and stay here or whatever it is even if it that doesn't work out um the main thing is being focused and being response take deep responsibility for my own for my own life for my own um opportunities and whatever that is and just having fun with it you know cool man sounds good sounds like uh you're moving forward in a good way i'm glad to hear that yep all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. If you have any closing thoughts, or if you want to whore yourself out, give some URLs, <laughs> all that shit. Of course, I'm gonna whore myself <laughs> out uh, across all platforms. Tommy Danger, FYI, and uh, um, that's my comedic stuff: Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, TikTok, um, which I dabble in every now so and the, then the, but i usually use tiktok the, the podcast is for the talk talk the, the tiktok is for the tiktok and then uh, i have a new twitter slash blog that i'm trying to get uh up and running uh, but at least the twitter is up it's uh danger bear 9001 it's more <laughs> for like you like that, don't you? Danger Bear, B-E-A-R, the animal bear. Danger Bear 9001. Nine th- where, and, where did the uh, 9001 come from? 9001, uh, 
remember Dragon Ball Z and when the first time Vegeta met oh, Goku? No, I will Power level is over nine thousand, so that's nine thousand one. Oh, um, I think I've I've, I, heard, I I think needed, I've heard about. I that needed meme. a number. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I just needed a number because Danger Bear was taken. Right. So I was like, yeah, nine thousand one. So, uh, so yeah, I kind of like the meaning of that too. So, so there's that. And uh, I'm gonna start a Medium blog, um, on that as well too. Oh, uh, nice. Too to uh to start going deep dive into like personal kind of it's just kind of like in the spirit of everything we talked about just now yeah man i've uh you know i started posting a couple essays on medium i think i've made like 20 cents already (laughs) (laughs) so wait you get paid on that how do do you yeah you get paid you basically you sign up for their partner program and the more people who read your articles and, and and clap and like the more you actually make money but you know if, if dude i want to make 20 cents yeah dude by the time by the time you get in there i probably will have already made 37 cents so Jeez, you'll have to you'll man. have to you'll have to <laughs> you'll have to catch up you'll be behind but <laughs> but yeah it's cool um you know you're you you we've talked about it before you enjoy writing more than i do but it, it's something i'm starting to get a little bit into I think there's a certain sense of satisfaction when I write an essay and I feel good enough about it where it's like, yeah, I like it. It's good. And then I put it out there. It's like, and then people read it. Yeah. It's it's good. It's a good feeling. It's one thing if you, yeah, if it's one thing if you write something, a lot of people like it, but it's not completely different. Another thing where you write something and you feel really like, oh, it's like I kind of had the, the feeling or the rough idea but now that I put it into words and put it on there, on something public and permanent, well, it's not as permanent, but still public as and kind of concrete at like a blog, then it's, it's, it's another feeling. Another feeling? In a, in yeah, a, in like, a good way? kind of felt, it's like it was a rough idea, but it's also like, but you sit down, you open it up. It's, it's not just like writing journal entries into a notebook or Word doc. But it's like oh, so you're like saying it's more it's more like, satisfying to publish something out there. Yeah, it's 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 slight. Of course, you could delete or make make blog entries private and all. But something about putting something up, publishing it, you know, like something on Medium, then it's mm-hmm. like oh, it's like you you feel like you've done something. You feel like you've put uh, you finished the puzzle piece. You know, you finished the puzzle. Yeah, you know that's. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. I feel like that's kind of what I'm doing with everything these days. It's like I kind of want to, when all is said and done in the next couple of years, I want to have this feeling of like being prolific, you know, like, like mm-hmm. people, like, you know, you know, people, you follow people, right? People crap. Yeah. I yeah. Love that guy. So that's like how I want to be. I want to be like, like you look at his body of work and you're like, holy shit, this yeah. guy's a machine. He just put out so much stuff. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. That's me. Like that's where I want to be. I want to be like, oh wow, this guy—he's nice. a writer. You know, he's got like a hundred posts on Medium on these various topics. He runs two or three podcasts. He's got a whole animation video blog. He does like cart- wow, I didn't know. cartoon design. No, I'm talking about me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm talking about me, like what I'm building, like so that in a couple years from now, you know, I'm not Beeple, but I'm like doing my own thing. You know, my own combination of. Yeah you know, writing and podcast and, and video and art 
and um, last week I, I started doing some research into 3D printing because that was like a whole nother thing that I, I've been wanting to get into. And hmm. I also want to get into augmented reality. Um, I'm going to try to start uh, building some Instagram filters because uh, I just recently found out that you can do that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Hmm. So it's all like augmented reality and all this stuff. So there's like hmm. a lot of things to get your hands into. And I feel like I'm just starting. But yeah, I'm on my way. You're on your way. It's all good. We're making the most, right? We're making the most out of uh, quarantine time. Yeah, I love it. And I love I love being a guest on your podcast. I love it. I don't think I've, uh, I don't know, last time I was a guest on something. Yeah. So uh, this was great. I love it. I love, and I'll look forward to listening, uh, listening to this, to to future guests that you have. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to do kind of how you do, like kind of fifty fifty, having guests on. Honestly, I don't know how you feel about doing the solo episodes, but I like this is way more fun for me. Like just shooting the shit, you know, just talking with with people. But since I only just did my first solo episode last week, you know, maybe I'll start to get into the swing of it more and enjoy it more in the future. But we'll see. I'm just going to keep going at it. Good stuff. Looking forward to it. Right on, man. Mm-hmm.